0: Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us today is Terry Eastland of the Weekly Standard. And Terry, you've been writing about New York City's stop and frisk program for the Weekly Standard.
1: Uh, I have done so, yes.
0: And what's your conclusion?
1: (laughs) Well, um, basically, what was at issue? There was a, a lawsuit that was filed against the city of New York challenging uh, a strategy used by the police called stop, question, and frisk. And uh, the court struck that policy down as unconstitutional. Let me just say this stop, question, and frisk is pretty ordinary police work. Um, what happens is that a police officer will stop someone and frisk that person uh, if there's reasonable suspicion and uh it has been used in many cities across the country and been used in New York um uh, quite uh, intensively over the last decade over the last two decades really and been quite successful uh, most people think in terms of helping to reduce crime but nonetheless the uh the court this is a federal district court in New York City held that this policy is unconstitutional is, as a an un, unreasonable search and seizure on the one hand in violation of the 4th amendment and also is a violation of the equal protection of the law guarantee in the 14th Amendment. So those are the two bases on which the court held.
0: Now, let me speak as a typical guy who maybe I've been accused of being libertarian, Terry. It's not true. I've never smoked pot in my life. But um, I don't like the idea of a government official stopping me on the street while I'm walking around minding my business and saying, I demand to search your person. I don't understand how that isn't prima facie, a violation of the Fourth Amendment right there.
1: Well, that would be a violation of the, of the Fourth Amendment. There has to be, the Supreme Court uh, looked at this issue in 1968 in a case called Terry against Ohio. They call these Terry stops, after, after me, you might say. <laughs> but actually, after that ruling, Terry against Ohio. And what the court said was is that there has to be reasonable suspicion. So if I were a police officer and simply stopped you on the street and said, hey, I want to search you uh, without any reasonable suspicion, well, that would be unconstitutional.
0: But bear, bear in t-
1: mind, the the Constitution protects against what it calls unreasonable searches and seizures. So it does allow some. As a libertarian, you might want to, you know, you might want to rewrite the Constitution. But I'm mm-hmm. saying it does allow for unrea for for reasonable searches. Okay,
0: and now seizures this is and the seizures. point. This is the point where every. who has a problem with a police action goes out of the way to bend over backwards and say, I admire the police and they do a great job and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to say that. I personally, some cops are great and some cops are lousy. It's like any other. It's like the job of radio talk show hosts, for example. Sure. So why in the world would I trust some guy with a gun on his hip and a chip on his shoulder to say, I've looked at you, Michael Graham, and I've decided you need a good search in. How about a judge? How about a warrant?
1: uh well that's uh that is necessary obviously for arrest um well, you could go that far, but it's not required uh you're not required to go that far under the Constitution, and it would be somewhat of an extraordinary uh i think change for police work if that were to happen so maybe you want to advocate
0: that <laughs> but i but i guess it's a surprise to most people that it's acceptable under a common sense viewing of the Constitution that uh you know Joey and Tony walking on the street are subjected to a search simply because a government employee decides they look like they need a search as opposed to presenting evidence to somebody as they would have to do if they wanted to search my house, my pockets, my house. What's the difference?
1: Well, again, uh, in the kind of cases that we're talking about, uh, and let me just back up and say this, there were 19 plaintiffs that came forward and said, look, we have been unconstitutionally uh, searched, we have been stopped unconstitutionally, Mm -hmm. we've been frisked unconstitutionally. There were 19 of them out of many possible people, I suppose, that the plaintiff's lawyers could have found in New York City out of the, what is it, 4.4 million stops that have been made over the past dozen years. But just 19 came forward and uh you know uh, roughly uh almost uh a third of them had trouble um approving to this sympathetic judge that there had actually been an unreasonable stop once the facts were there uh they were looking the police the police in these cases were dealing with people who uh were suspicious held to be reasonably suspicious on grounds that they were doing certain activities that uh are associated later with crime so such as uh, trying to open particular doors uh, where they didn't look like that they, were, uh, that they belonged in those doors, whatever. Now, I agree with you that there's a lot of suspicion about police out there, and some of that may, may have been driving this case uh, at, a, at a street level. But nonetheless, uh, it is acceptable to do under the constraints of the Constitution.
0: So what's going to happen to this judge's ruling then?
1: Well, I think it ought to be, and what I argued in the Weekly Standard is, that it ought to be appealed. Um, I think she's not a sympathetic judge. I think that if we're going to have confidence in her opinion that it it needs to be reviewed by the next court, uh, by the Second Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, But you know what? This is one of these cases that may just slide away and, and in the long run, uh, take care of itself because... There is a mayoral election uh, in November. Uh, the Democrats running for office have all promised either to scale back or to do away with this program. Uh, so that could happen just as a political consequence. I'm not sure the Republicans have much of a chance of winning uh, the seat, although, what is it, the last five Republican, uh, mayors who have been elected in New York City are Republicans, you know, and they've had this policy uh, during the, this Republican uh, tenure. So I think that it could well be that we see the policy phased out before the Second Circuit could even uh, render a judgment uh, on appeal.
0: I'm trying to think of what's more controversial, you claiming that my right to be secure in my persons doesn't include my pants, or you calling Michael Bloomberg a Republican. I'm trying to work my way through those, but let me ask you a broader question. uh, Well, I'm not saying he's he's a real Republican. I understand, I understand. Um, the You know, there's this n- conversation going on inside the Republican Party between the Rand Paul Republicans who say the NSA is out of line. These searches yeah. and seizures are out of line and we need a smaller government that respects individual liberty. And then the more traditional Republicans who say, hey, you know, when it comes to national security or crime fighting, we need a big, fat government. Uh, do, do It, it should... People take the same view of the NSA surveillance of my emails, and they are surveilling my emails, by the way, uh, that they do to this frisk policy, which is it's just a modicum of liberty you're giving up for the sake of security?
1: Well, I think what's going to happen is that we will strike the balance between uh, two goals here in a different way and probably one that favors uh, a little bit more liberty than not. So that's what's going to happen. I think we've passed through a period of of an intense effort over the past, as we know, dozen years dealing with uh, threats from abroad in the form of, of al-Qaeda, and 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 I think that the American people are now going through an adjustment, and there will be some, some alteration in some of those policies.
0: But do you see the parallel between the NSA surveillance, which would certainly seem on its face once again, you know, private in my papers and the stop and frisk policy, which regardless of previous Supreme Court rulings would strike a lot of, I think, average Americans as seeming to violate the clear language of the Constitution?
1: Well, I don't know. Is it is it uh, more problematic uh, if if if. It may be more problematic if you have police who actually see somebody and stop somebody as opposed to something that's done without any physical contact. (laughs) I don't know how you evaluate that.
0: Well, if you knew the websites I went to, Terry, you'd know why I'm so nervous, and that's what's uh, uh, affecting this conversation.
1: Well, I do think the balance is being restruck in New York City in this context we've talked about as well as nationally in the NSA context.
0: Terry Eastland, we look forward to reading your article in the Weekly Standard. Thanks so much for joining us for this Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I am Michael Graham.